and in three, two. We love Russia, we do. We love Russia, we do. We love Russia, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the Borussia Show Name Munchen Podcast, the number one and only English language podcast. Dedicated to Borussia Mönchengladbach, the best team in Germany. A podcast which is produced by two people who usually produce a podcast called the Frozzy Shone, which is the number one and only English language podcast about Frozenone Calcio, the best team in Italy and, dare I say, the world. Uh, so, basically, if anyone's just joining now on the seventh Borussia Shone Munchen podcast, you've come very late to the party and I don't really know why, but you're here now. Let me just briefly explain what the whole show is. Uh, we have a show about an Italian football club. Italian football was not going ahead. And so we decided to adopt a German team. When the Bundesliga came back, we picked Borussia Mönchengladbach. We've been following them to the end of the Bundesliga season. There's one week of the Bundesliga season left. you find us here on our penultimate episode. And that's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Enzo Patriarca. Hi, Enzo. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. <laughs> I always forget. I always forget you're going to say it. And it always thrills me. Um, another week uh, ends up with the football um, world is getting a bit noisier. A couple of weeks ago, there was no English football, there was no Spanish football, there was no Italian football, and the Bundesliga kind of became the the fo- It was almost like it was almost like the European league. Everyone loved the Bundesliga. The football world has gotten noisier and noisier since then. Yeah, no, it's great to have everything back. My only um, the only negative thing I'll say about it is that I don't know why there's no early kickoffs at the minute. Hmm. Like today, I was waiting for some football, and all the games started at six. So there was lots of games on, but they all started at six. I don't know what, don't know what happened to the early kickoffs, but can't complain fully. It's uh, it's been great to have it all back. I suppose during a weekday, people are working at work. I suppose I don't know if people have jobs or I would people have jobs. Thing, but uh, <laughs> certainly, two people who make two football podcasts a week wouldn't be too familiar with people who have jobs, but. <laughs> Um, last week we had Faye on the show, friend of the show, Alexander Faye was on, and um, I only realized when I listened back to it that I forgot to edit in all of the little uh, sound effects and uh, theme songs that we do for the segments, like table service and review preview. Um, and I, uh, I'm it's, sure almost, I, it's almost like you have a job. It, that is my job, putting in those little things. And so for anyone who missed those, uh, sorry, I know we don't, we're doing the Frozzy Shone as, as well on Mondays now, so look out for that. Because uh, Italian football is back, uh, but in the current version of the Frozzy Show, we're not actually using the jingles because uh, we're trying to do a less structured kind of show. Uh, so anyone who's having withdrawal symptoms from the review preview or the table service uh, theme, don't worry, it, it is on this episode. I've remembered, I've caught it, and and uh, don't have to send me any more letters uh, about putting them in. Um, and so a few things to talk about in Bundesliga news this season or this this season, my God, this week. Um, first of all. Mönchengladbach back in the Champions League places. Uh, the headline is we beat yep. Paderborn and Bayer Leverkusen lost to Hertha Berlin. More on that in a minute. But the good news is we're back in the Champions League places going into the final day. That's exciting. Are you excited about that? Yeah, that's huge. I, I predicted it. I didn't expect it to be uh, a loss for, for Leverkusen, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, I mean, last game of the season, you win it and you have Champions League places. I don't think we could have asked for better going after no. before last week. Yeah, very very exciting. Um, and on a bit of a early, early Bundesliga transfer window countdown update, a bit of a transfer rumor is that uh, Jonathan David, the um 
star of is he American or Canadian? He's American, I think. I think he's American. Yeah, uh, Jonathan David of Ghent, who has starred in the Belgian league uh, this season, is uh, going to move to the Bundesliga. It looks like this summer, and Borussia Mönchengladbach have emerged as early suitors. Uh, so you'd imagine he would have gone to Dortmund, maybe. Um, but it looks like Mönchengladbach are in the running, and there's a chance that Mönchengladbach might sell somebody like midfielder Dennis Sakaria, who has been injured all through the run of this podcast, but is a, a stunningly good midfielder. There's talk that they might sell somebody like Sakaria or perhaps Alassane Playa uh, to bring in Jonathan David, because uh, obviously there's a huge focus on youth within the club. And Max Ebrell, sporting director Max Ebrell, is a shrewd, shrewd operator. Um, also in Bundesliga... Uh, news Saudi Arabia I read in the Financial Times which I don't usually read the Financial Times I don't want to paint myself with a different brush but uh, there was a headline in the Financial Times uh, today uh, yesterday uh, to say that Saudi Arabia makes play for Bundesliga TV rights so I'll just read you a bit of the the article Uh, Saudi Arabia has approached Germany's Bundesliga over acquiring the Football League's television rights in the Middle East the latest move by the Gulf Kingdom to seek new investments in international sport couple of things here so germany's bundesliga has been in exclusive talks with bn sports to renew the qatar-based networks 250 million five-year deal to screen the matches across the middle east right turns out Enzo, i didn't know this but qatar where the next world cup will be and saudi arabia who recently bid for newcastle or a member of the saudi royal family did uh, they have like a sporting rivalry so the saudis and the qataris and they have a sporting rivalry and billions and trillions of dollars between them. So um, this has been interesting. I'm not sure it's very good for, for football. For instance, ends of the, the World Cup in 2022 going to be in Qatar uh, and not be in the summer. And obviously the Qataris have, have had a lot of problems with human rights abuses. <laughs> problems. Have committed a lot of human rights abuses in the building <laughs> of the stadiums <laughs> yeah as I, I said problems if like it was happening to them like oh no we were just doing our best and then we committed all these human rights abuses and um, what was your reaction to this saudi story enzo i think it's a bit strange hmm. um i think yeah linking in especially with like the the takeover potential at newcastle everything i don't know but um i don't know if the bundesliga will i mean i suppose money talks but i don't know i feel like the bundesliga is very anti I think I, I can definitely say they're they're anti-human rights abuse. Yeah. If it was some other if it was some other leagues, you might question it. But I think the the Germans they seem to have a lot of integrity. I don't know. Yeah, I I think I've been impressed by that. And the Bundesliga has been the kind of anti uh, corporate or kind of like anti um, uh, money um, approach to a lot of clubs. It has all very much connected to the grassroots, to the local communities. Like you know, RB Leipzig get a lot of stick as not being a real club. Uh, Wolfsburg get a lot of stick Hoffenheim do too so like these are minor examples so the idea of Saudi money I mean I guess there's Qatari money already there but um, bit of drama because obviously the Saudis have um, the Crown Prince Saudi Arabia Mohammed bin Salman has bid recently for uh, Newcastle United it looks like in England it looks like the Premier League right has blocked that move because they say that somebody has been streaming fucking Goldilocks in the tree bear. Somebody's been sitting in my bed. No, no. Somebody's been streaming uh, for the Premier League illegally in Saudi Arabia. And so the Premier League may block the Saudi takeover of Newcastle as basically you messed with us. Now we're going to mess with you. Uh, I would hope the Bundesliga is not that petty, but give you another example. Be in sports, that Qatari group. This week they pulled uh, their coverage of Italian Serie A matches for legal reasons. 
um, because apparently they were annoyed that the Italian league decided to hold exhibition matches in Saudi Arabia. So yeah, drama. This is like this is so being sports right? Who holds the right to screen the Bundesliga and and uh, the Syria in like France and Australia and New Zealand, all these places. They're now t- they're taking Syria off the screens because of this rivalry between Qatar and Saudi Arabia. I personally don't like the idea of Middle Eastern oil money being used as a, a, a sparring technique in, in European football. It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, it just seems like they're they're kind of just super rich people that are like being petty about football as, as just this commodity that they own and can just do what they want with it just to be petty towards one. It just seems very immature, Jason. Yeah, not my not my kind of thing. I don't like the idea that you could that you because it's obviously it's obviously a very, very uh a very cheap ploy to try and win hearts and minds um in in Germany and in, in England in the case of Newcastle Newcastle, you know, it's like I just don't like it. I'd rather um yeah, I don't like the idea that they're kind of trying to, to make it, make themselves out as something they're not. You know what I mean? Um, like, realistically, why would anyone want to be in Newcastle? Do you know what I mean? Just ask yourself yeah. that question. If you're not from Newcastle, why would you want to own Newcastle United? I just don't understand how there can be so many people in, in that area of the world with so much money. And just, they're, they're trying to find a club to, to invest in and to take over. And they, they, they skip over. A, a lovely little place in Lazio region. Yes, Frosinone. Yeah. Our, our in, in a podcasting sense, our home club. Obviously yeah, I don't know. We're, we're our, our parent club. We're on loan here to Borussia Mönchengladbach on the Borussia Schöne Mönchengladbach podcast, but our parent club where we go back. Frosinone are like the, the Chelsea, the, po- the, the, the podcast Chelsea of football. They, lo- <laughs> they loan us out to different clubs when needs be. Or the Atlanta. Mm, could be a, that's a very it's a much more Italian example. I think um I think we should just do like promoted ads directed towards Qatar, Saudi Arabia, um, and hopefully someone listens and then says, you know what, I'll buy it, I'll take it, I'll sold. Take it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so our our policy on Saudi Arabian involvement in European football is we absolutely oppose it until the very split second that it might benefit us in some way yeah and i think that's a policy shared by most stakeholders around the world um so with all that said let's get back to the football um and let's go into our our our, our table service segment where we talk about the bundesliga table going into the last week uh, match week uh, 34 table service so here we are um Obviously, Bayern have won the league. Congratulations to Bayern. Uh, 79 points. Uh, Dortmund finished second on 69. Um, Leipzig are on 63. And Mönchengladbach are on 62. And Leverkusen in fifth are on 60. So Mönchengladbach could technically still finish third. If uh, Gladbach win and Leipzig lose, then we will leapfrog, leak, we will leapfrog Leipzig. Now, why would I attempt... To say two <laughs> words like that, one after the other, we will leapfrog Leipzig, and uh, potentially, I don't know who they're playing. Let me check. Um, but then it's Leverkusen on sixty, then Wolfsburg on forty nine, and Hoffenheim on forty nine. So Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim are going to have to fight it out uh, to see who gets that um that last y- or that first. 
<laughs> no, that second Euro- that second Europa League. But oh, in fact, hang on a second, Enzo. Uh, Wolfsburg yep. and Hoffenheim both guaranteed European football. Uh, they can't be caught. So yeah, we have the European places are decided apart from the Champions League places. But basically, Hoffenheim, Wolfsburg, Leverkusen, Mönchengladbach, Leipzig, Dortmund, and Bayern are going into Europe next season. Um. Leipzig are definitely going to Champions League, Dortmund definitely Champions League, Bayern definitely Champions League, and then it's up to Mönchengladbach, Leverkusen, Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim um, to see which one of them is going into the um, what do you call it? The, the Europa League. The Europa League, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not good at the top, the, the top part of footballing tables around the world. <laughs> I have never, ever, ever, whether it be on this show or any other show, successfully explained the top part of a table. And that's where you're concerned. Like that that's where we always are. <laughs> that's the area of interest. I'm really more when it comes to being I'm I'm really more of a, a mid table explainer, you know? Because <laughs> like, nothing goes on there. Yeah, I like when I get kind of from eighth in the Bundesliga, like from eight. Like, watch this, right? Uh, eighth Freiburg, ninth Eintracht Frankfurt, tenth Hertha Berlin, eleventh Schalke, twelfth Union Berlin, thirteenth Mainz, fourteen Cologne, fifteen Augsburg. You know? Yeah, yeah, did great there. Thank you very much. I, I thought I did really well. So basically, um, look, the Bundesliga, Bundesliga dot com, which for us doing this show has been an invaluable. Uh, resource it's i'm so impressed with the bundesliga.com and the amount of good content they put they put out there it's so easy i'm jealous of it yeah because like we go back to fucking italian football and there's nothing like it Mm. you ever been to the Serie A website you go click onto it they try and get you to, to go to a gambling website and then assuming you can hold fast through that uh then it's all just a mess. It looks like a website from 2003. Yeah, the Italy, Italy. There's a lot. There's a lot to be said about Italy. They, they, they're not just. They're just not doing it right, Jason. But listen, let's get back to Sorry, important yeah. business. So come on. The permutations I wanted to tell you about of what might happen mm. on the final day of the Bundesliga, right? So, as I said, the UEFA Champions League has to be decided between Mönchengladbach and Bayer Leverkusen. Hmm. Um. So Leipzig in in third, right? They can be caught on points, um, by fifth place uh, by Leverkusen, but their vastly superior goal difference means it would ra- be rather unthinkable twenty-seven goal swing for um for that to happen. Um, you Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz. Well, Kai Havertz. You know, pe- there are people on Twitter who certainly would not see that as beyond uh, Kai Havertz's <laughs> abilities. Um. And the uh, Red Bull Leipzig would finish third if they were to equal if they equal Munch and Gladbach's result at home to Hertha Berlin, basically, right? Um. So and the the basic the the Foles uh, that's us the Foles the Fallen uh, need to win uh, to get a chance of, of leapfrogging Leipzig. Um. But victory in the Hertha Berlin game would ensure that Borussia Mönchengladbach returned to the Champions League for the first time since the 2016-17. Uh, campaign and a draw against Hertha, Hertha beat Leverkusen 2 0 the last match day, will also likely be enough considering that Bayer Leverkusen would need to beat Mainz by at least nine clear goals 
Oh. So all we need to do is not lose. Is not lose. But Enzo, I will say this. Yep. Leverkusen's record Bundesliga win in 2000, they beat Ulm 9 1. Ah, but they're not going to do that against Mainz. And that being said, they did leapfrog Gladbach on the final day last season to finish fourth. No. So, could there be a 9-0 a, a incoming from Leverkusen? And I we... think it's more likely that we just lose. Yes. I think that is that is more likely that, yeah, uh, Abisevic scores a screamer, Matthias Cunha rounds Jan Sommer and we, ended up lo- we end up losing 2-0, something like that. That's very possible. You know, it, it, it's interesting though. It's good to go into the last game of the season and it's good to have it in our own hands and it's definitely something to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, and then for the Europa League, um, oh, hang on a second. There's a bit, sorry, there's a bit of confusion here. The fact that Bayern and Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen have reached the cup final and are already guaranteed their place in Europe next season means the sixth place in the Bundesliga table is allocated to the cup winners Europa League group stage spot. Seventh place now earns a spot in the Europa League second qualifying round. Oh, so there's more European places for the, the yeah. The mid, so, so your mid-table analysis maybe wasn't right. No, because only Hoffenheim and Wolfsburg can finish sixth or seventh. Then mm. the last day will decide which one finishes sixth. Oh, so I understand. Sorry, right. So whoever finishes sixth goes straight into the um, goes group straight stage. into the group stage. Oh, that's huge then. Yeah. Right. 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 Because you don't want to be doing Europa League qualifiers. Yes. But that doesn't concern us, Jason. No, I know. I'm just I'm just telling you if anyone's interested. Um, and then uh, Cologne are safe, Augsburg are safe, Mainz are safe. But down at the bottom of the table, Fortuna Dusseldorf and Werder Bremen's fate will be determined on the final match day. So, Enzo, I don't know if you know this, Oof. but... 18th place, which is last place, and 17th place in the Bundesliga go down automatically... Then there yeah. is a playoff. Whoever finishes third last, finishes in 16th, goes into a playoff with whoever finishes third, third top. in the Zwei Bundesliga. That's very interesting. I, I, I like that. It's a good of. format, I think. Um, So, Fortuna Dusseldorf, currently in that um playoff spot, are on 30 points. Two points behind them are Werder Bremen on 28 points. So, Dusseldorf and Bremen have to win but there's only a four point goal difference between them mm. so it's basically uh, let's see here Bremen have played more than have played in more Bundesliga seasons than any other club but they must win at home to Cologne to even have a chance of making it into the playoff against a team that finishes third in Bundesliga 2 oh my god so watch out for that it's yeah the, the drama the drama it's huge drama basically I don't like the way the German league only has 18 teams it's a bit small I understand you know, I understand they did it to just improve the overall quality, but I don't know. Like, I think it's you're. I think you're just smart, almost smarter having the dud games, like the additional dud games, and then have more teams involved. And then at the same time, like your players, like your Kai Havertz and your Jaden Sancho's in, in the league, a few extra games over like a year, kind of results in them getting better stats probably. And then 
that could give you bigger transfer fees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know. I feel like there's there's more of a, a case to be made for the 20 league teams. There's always rumors that Italy will go to 18, and obviously as a present only fans, we don't want to see that happen. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, especially when you look at the like one of the interesting things is obviously like on the really on the really boring days during lockdown, I would sometimes watch this, the second Bundesliga, and um, like there's really huge teams in there, like uh, Hamburg. Um and Stuttgart are huge, huge teams, you know. Yeah. And so I don't. I they could definitely sustain it. Like I mean, the attendances in the Zwei Bundesliga are almost as good as the ones in the top uh, Bundesliga. So like they could definitely sustain the attendances. Um, I don't know, but it also means that because it's it's almost like it's not such a big deal to be playing in the second Bundesliga because there's only eighteen teams in the top. Do you know what I mean? It's really like the creme de la yeah, creme. Yeah. As opposed to like a twenty-team league, where it seems like geez, there's always a couple of absolute duds in there. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I suppose yeah, it's, it's kind of an experimentation kind of thing from Germany, and they are being very innovative, innovative across the board of their marketing and social media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I, I guess I, yeah. I've been just very impressed with the whole the whole thing. Sometimes the operation has annoyed me, but just from an operation point of view, from like just a logistical point of view, the Bundesliga have been an example, I think, to everyone else. Yeah, and then even look at like obviously now the stadiums are empty, but like ticket prices is always something everyone knows about. Germany is so cheap to get a season ticket to like yeah. Bayern Munich, for example. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot happening in Germany that I think the rest of the top European league should look at and start to like follow ticket, suit. Ticket prices are cheap, and um, the actual Which, like the food in the ground, the drink in the ground is cheap. Like it's a. It's a good. I think that's like the reason you're getting these big atmospheres as well, big turnouts, which is like especially Italy. Like I don't, I don't see why there's not a bigger initiative to kind of fill up the stadiums, which will obviously have a knock-on effect on getting younger players playing again and the national team better, etc., etc., etc. There's a lot, there's a lot going right in Germany that should be. If there's one thing I've noticed by following this, it's it's that. Yeah, they they seem to have a really good setup, and like the clubs are, there seems to be a very standard setup across German clubs where they kind of have the classic, the classic thing of. The sporting director, who's like the general manager and then the first team coach, um, and it seems to just be a, like even like on the pitch. Obviously, we've had, you know, various people have been uh, saying like, oh, there's no defending in the Bundesliga. Like they just no one tackles anybody. If you're true on goal, you can score. Like all it's all the high scoring games and all. But like it does seem like a lot of the most exciting things in football at the moment are coming out of Germany. Like all the exciting managers, like Marco Rosa, like Julian Nagelsmann, the exciting players like Mbolo, like Sancho. Like uh, uh Alonso Davies, Haaland, yeah, like it's, it's like it's it's a little like hotbed of innovation and of of the next generation. It's almost like what you see in Germany now is the coaches and the 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 coaches and the players that you're going to see worldwide and the tactics that you're going to see worldwide in five years. And just like how how you're operating your your social medias, your YouTube channels, your website, your Twitter yeah. accounts, everything is it's very next generation from the Bundesliga. Yeah, fantastic. So fantastic. Shout out to the Bundesliga on that. Uh, so basically the bottom line for the table is um and we'll have obviously on our on our ultimate on our on our final episode um of the Borussia Schoenen Munch podcast next week where we will say goodbye for now to Borussia Munch and Gladbach. Um the uh, we'll have the final table service where we'll be telling you the final standings but basically bottom line is we need to win against Hertha uh, to secure Champions League football for the first time in a few years let's go into review preview and have a look at our previous game and our next game preview and so we played uh, already relegated Paderborn at the weekend and um, 
it was quite a quite a good performance. The lineup uh, was Jan Sommer, uh, Liner, Ginter, Noel Vedi. It was in fact Tony Anschka instead. Benzebania left back. Uh, Vent came on then. Uh, Christoph Kramer, Florian Neuhaus, uh, Patrick Herrmann, uh, Lars Stindl, Jonas Hoffman, and Breland Bolo. Um, Elvedi was suspended. Uh, player had a groin injury. Uh, Tehran had an ankle injury. And then uh, Strobel, Zakaria, Raphael, all out. Um, we ended up winning uh, 3-1. Lars Stindl scored a penalty, and then he scored another uh, goal from open play. Uh, Patrick Herrmann scored on four minutes. How many times have we seen uh, these early goals, Enzo? Yeah, no, it, was, it was great. It's Herrmann. Like, it's like those folds. It's like the, the energetic play, you know? Especially currently, like if you're watching the Premier League, I think today was... Well, there's only been a couple of goals in the first half, I think, in the first... Same in Spain. Uh, yeah. Match Spain, day, yeah. Like thirty uh, percent of the goals been scored been scored after the seventy fifth minute, but like the yeah. Germans have just like been right from the off, just doo -doo -doo -doo, and almost like on, on the other end they've been starting really hot and the games have been dying off towards the end. Yeah, no, it's been it was good. Listen, that was a great performance. I was really really happy to because uh, it could have been dodgy because of Paderborn were already relegated and we kind of we had to go out and do a job. We had no player, no Turam, and yeah, we did it. Yeah, very uh, very well. It was it was one nil at half time, and then Sven Mitchell scored for for Paderborn to make it one all. There wasn't really a sense. I didn't feel there wasn't really a sense of like, oh my god, we're gonna lose here. Um, one minute later, well, there was actually there was no time to have that sense because one minute later, Lars Dindel converted the penalty, and then he made a three one. Uh, and uh, uh, Hunemeyer was sent off for Paderborn on sixty five minutes, so there was no real uh, worries. Um, and Bolo played well. Uh, I hope Turam uh, can come back and play. Obviously, back because he's um, if he's fit. Hopefully, Tur play and Turam can come back for the final game of the season. Um, but it gives us two point edge over Leverkusen, who lost at Hertha Berlin, and kind of ironically, Hertha Berlin have suddenly become kind of the the arbiters of who gets to be in the in the Champions League because they beat Leverkusen, and now they're coming to Borussia Park to face us. Um, yeah. Now, Hertha, I've seen a couple of times. Oh, by the way, uh, Stindl and Hoffman got into the uh, Bundesliga Fantasy Team of the Week. Um, but I've seen Hertha a couple of times since they came back. Their manager, Bruno Labbadia, uh, got Wolfsburg into Europe uh, last season and was brought in to rescue Hertha's season. They'd had, I think, three managers before that in the same season. Uh, he's done really well. And their recent results have looked like this. Um, they beat Bayern. Le they beat Bayern Leverkusen. They lost two one to Freiburg. They lost four one to Frankfurt. One 0 to Dortmund. But then they beat Augsburg two 0 Drew two all with Leipzig, and beat Union Berlin. So they can score goals. Uh, Matthias Cunha, who moved from Orbe Leipzig, is really really good, really exciting, and the kind of player that could really do some damage to our defense. Uh, their captain, uh, Vedad Ivicevic, is a, a wily old silver fox of a veteran. Obviously, to watch him. I, I'm not too hopeful for this game, Enzo. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's a cup final, but it's definitely, it's going to be a very dodgy final game of the season. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like at the end of the day, before la this week, like last week's match, matches, it, it didn't look good for us getting the Champions League place. So That's true, yeah. And uh, realistically, all we have to do is get a draw here. Just don't lose to Hertha. Yeah, well, I think that's a bad mentality to have because of the lack of clean sheets that we have. I think we just have to go guns a-blazing. I think it's going to be an entertaining game, a concerning game. I can see an early goal. Yeah, um, it's going to be messy, but I'm hoping 
we can do it. I don't know. I feel like Patrick Herman, the last like he's been coming good in the last couple of games. Yeah, kind of old, tried and trusted, and I don't, I don't know. I'd almost be concerned if we had the full flurry of talent up front with Taran player and Mbolo because I don't know if, if they're not fully fit, if they're not fully at it. I don't know. It's 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 going to be a dodgy final game of the season. I'd like to say that I did predict that Leverkusen were going to get at least four, I've, not six points. I said four points. They, they lost, so the maximum they can get is three points now. But I definitely said, I felt like they were going to slip up. You I did. Just, In fairness, you did. I just don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't be positive on them winning in the last game of the season season either but obviously it's an own hand so it's going to be a tricky one Hertha Berlin are a very very good team they're dangerous we're bad at the back so it's it's not a cl- I think this is the most interesting way the final game of the season could have panned out yeah I think we de- like just looking at um, it was nil all earlier on in the season they had a different manager that time but um, I think we'll definitely win the midfield battle I'm confident that uh, whoever it is Hoffman Herrmann um, uh, Kramer Whoever it is, Triori can hold it down there. Neuhaus certainly will have a good game. Um, but for me, the, the key battles will be Ibisevic and uh, Cunha up front for them. But their two centre-backs have been so impressive uh, under Bruno Labbadia. Dedrick Boyata, who people may remember from playing for Celtic, Boyata. And yeah. um, another uh, centre-half, and I, I don't know where he was before this, but Jordan Taruna-Riga. Boyata and Taruna-Riga have been a, a stunning uh, centre-half pairing Probably the best end of half pairing I've seen since uh, the Bundesliga came back. Um, oh, he's a he's a hurt the youth product actually promoted to the first team. But our forwards are going to have our, our, their work cut out for them um, because these guys are really really good and no nonsense. Um, I do you know what Enzo? I'm happy enough to say this is gonna this is gonna be like the I think we're gonna start or we're gonna finish the season as we started the restart. I think we're gonna be hurt the four one. I think we're going to come out, score a couple of early goals, get a bit shaky, and then score a couple more. I think, for me, this is the ultimate test of everything we've been talking about, meaning you, you and I on the show, have been talking about, like, is Jan Sommer sharp enough? Does Marco Rosa have the man-manager's abilities to instill his players with the killer instinct? You know, uh, can he, can we keep Taram and Bolo player? Who can we keep fit? Is Stindl up to it? Does Neuhaus have the decisiveness? This is like the culmination of all the various storylines. This is the the see literally. This is literally the season finale of of the Bundesliga yeah, th- podcast. Yeah, no, this is this is um champagne stuff. You know, this is this is Hollywood. This is the the final game of the season. It's all coming down to a European football. The Champions um, League, like you know, the yeah, Champions League between playing. Uh, against uh, against Real Madrid and playing against fucking you know uh... Maccabi Tel Aviv. <laughs> oh, oh god, that was that was wonderful. I didn't I didn't expect <laughs> you could have given me a million guesses. I would never have gotten Maccabi Tel Aviv. That was that was brilliant. Um, yeah, that's Jason. Great. Yeah, I'm predicting a three three all. Three all. Yeah, I think three three. Oh my goodness. I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a four two. I don't know. I think it's going to be very high scoring. I think it's going to be a bit shaky, a bit concerning. End to end stuff. Yeah, it's going to be messy. I think. I think it'll be exciting, but messy. 
Yeah. It's going to be German league. It's going to be high scoring. No defending. Exactly. No defending going on. Um, people, nobody's tackling. People playing lovely passes. People taking shots from long ways out. Uh, dodgy goalkeeping. Um, it's going to have the lot. It's going to have the lot. This is this. If you're if you're going to watch one game this weekend, the Bundesliga to finish it off. They're all on the same time. They're all on a half two um, Irish time. So uh, uh, half three Central European time. Um, this uh, Saturday afternoon, get yourself. Get yourself to a television and have a look at Mönchengladbach versus Hertha Berlin. We, I predict five goals across the game. Enzo predicts six goals across the game. There's going to be goals. I'll tell you that much. There's going to be trails and there's going to be spills. And those spills are mostly going to come from Jan, Jan Sommer. And the trails are mostly going to come from one of Mbolo, Taram or, or Player. But it's going to be an amazing game. And I'm Enzo, before we have our, our episode next week where we finish up the Borussia Schoenheim Munchen podcast... I I've had a great time. It's been a it's been an amazing experience to uh to just like immerse ourselves in like a different culture. Because you know, like you know, you're looking at it and you you're a fan, football fan, and there's nothing on. You might watch something from Spain or from Germany or from England, Scotland, Italy, wherever. But unless you actually take the time to kind of live in that world a little bit, you never get the appreciation of the kind of the depth of experience. Yeah, what what it is and. No, it's exciting. I think I think it's the next best thing of actually just kind of going there and going to a game and getting involved as well. I, I think we definitely um, should. And so if we ever get a chance, we should definitely make a trip to Borussia Park. Maybe the Champions League next year, Jason. Oh, that would be great. I think. I tell you what, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to Enzo. I'm going to put down a marker right now, and I'm going to say this: If Borussia Mönchengladbach okay. qualify for the Champions League next season, yes, I will go to one of the games. Oh wow. So I, I'll I'll put myself down. I'll, I'll be there with you, Jason. All right. So maybe we'll even we'll bring back the Borussia Shawnee Munchen podcast for one Champions League special. Maybe a special um vlog. We could do a vlog of of the trip or something. I don't know. Yes. So there's a this is high stakes not just for Marco Rosa and his coaching career. But this is high stakes for us and our podcast career. Come on, lads. Yeah, Folan. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Enzo, anything to say before we go? Um, I, I wanted to kind of wrapped up. Yeah, before you wrap up, can I touch on what I, I kind of seen as one? Of, apart from the the seismic change between Leverkusen losing and us leapfrogging them, mm-hmm. apart from that, my Bundesliga moment of the week. Can I? Can I? Go ahead. I I there was a very very good. I actually sent it to you. Post match interview by Erling Haaland, the nineteen year old superstar for mm. plays for Norway and uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, he scored a brace to secure second place for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. And uh, in as part of his interview, he was kind of talking about how he was happy that um, he got a brace and that they've secured second place. But, and to quote him, it's a bit shit with Bayern Munich winning the league. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't break a, like his face. He just said it. And then like the interviewer didn't even try to be like, you can't say that. They just accepted it. And it was, it was very, he has a lot of Zlatan about him. And I don't know, very this guy enjoyable. Did, Harlan definitely has a lot of Zlatan about him. He just kind of, he he almost he he speaks as he plays. He has that kind of like unforgiving. He only needs one touch to put you away kind of thing. Yeah, it's very. He's one to watch. He obviously everyone knows he's one to watch at this point. But I think I think one of the things that stopped him from going to Man United is that he wanted to keep all of his player image rights or something. Like I feel like we're gonna see a very Zlatan esque, yeah, I I, pers- personal brand built around him, a kind of cult following and cult of personality. 
I, I just have been so surprised by the the amount of like just you know uh wonder kids i know literally like um yeah wunderkind is literally a german word but like um in the bundesliga it's incredible like you know like uh, Kai Havertz and Leon Bailey at Leverkusen and your man uh, uh, Wirtz, Florian Wirtz who became the youngest ever uh, goal scorer at, 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 in the Bundesliga at Leverkusen ourselves Munch and Gladbach you know with Neuhaus Taran Playa uh, Bolo, uh, Ben Sabaney Dortmund you know with Brandt uh, Gio Reyna Erling Haaland like Sancho Sancho yeah Alfonso Davies at Bayern like it's incredible Timo Werner, he's only twenty-two. Pavard, Pavard, like this is—it's it's an incredible league, and you, I just watch these guys, and I think to myself, how wise it was. Like it's such a good development league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you get to work with managers that are really like sophisticated, and like I heard that um, you know, your man plays for teenager plays for um, Birmingham, Jude Bellingham. Yes, he signed him for Dortmund. Got to sign for Dortmund. If I was, if I was a football agent if i was an intermediary if i was a yeah. parent of a player or if i was an advisor to a player i would say if you have the opportunity go and spend time with the bundesliga because it's such a well-run league and such a well-run place that players can just focus on actually playing the clubs are top-notch and it's a top-notch organization yeah there's not too many scandals media scrutiny really it doesn't seem no like i feel like if 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 Haaland was in England and he said that as a post-match, like, oh, it's a bit shit Liverpool in the league, I think he'd be getting tacked. Absolutely. And he would have already issued, issued an apology and yeah. all that sort of carry on. So, you yeah, know, it is great. Um, so, yes, we will see you uh, next week on the Borussia Shone Munchen podcast for our final episode. We want to wish everybody uh, the best of luck, all the all the, the, the Munchen Gladbach fans out there. Uh, best of luck this weekend. Here we go. We're going to get the Champions League. It's very exciting. And um, you can follow the podcast uh, at the handles we use for our main podcast, our parent club, uh, at Frozzy Shone on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. And um, yeah, give us a, a subscribe, give us a share. Um, and if you're watching the game on Saturday, send us a message on our Instagram or our Facebook or tweet us and tell us. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about whatever you say next week, because why wouldn't we? We're all friends here. So I've been Jason Flynn. That's Enzo Patriarca. This has been the Borussia Shone Munchen Podcast. Here we go on Saturday. Let's take the Champions League to Borussia Park. Yeah, Fallen. Yeah. Oh.